Welcome to Proven Improbable. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation today is Dr. Quentin Henney, the president and chairman of Nova Resources, which is focused on a new paradigm in gold exploration and investing. Dr. Henney, welcome to the show. Thank you, Maurice. Glad to have you back on the program. You know, last time we spoke, Nova Resources accomplished a major milestone, and that was the inclusion into the GDXJ. Since then, Nova Resources has been extremely busy on a number of fronts, from expanding the project portfolio, providing bulk sample results, mechanical rock sorting, and DTC eligibility, just to name a few. But before we go into greater detail, Dr. Haney, for first-time listeners, who is Novo Resources? Yes, we're a Canadian-listed company, but we are focused on exploring in Australia. Uh, I founded the company roughly nine years ago, uh, and it was explicitly to explore for a certain type of gold deposit in northwest Australia in a region called the Pilbara. The Pilbara, as you can see on this map, uh, is along the just, just in from the Indian Ocean uh, along the northern coast. Two cities, uh, Port Hedland up here and Carruthers over here. Uh, there are major cities that, that give access to the interior where there's a lot of iron ore mining and things like this. Now, most people viewed this region uh, for the, the well-known iron mines around Newman and Tom Price. This is iron ore that's been produced for over 50 years now. All right, but, uh, but we recognized potential early on for gold in actually in the same strata, believe it or not, as the iron ore sequence. We, uh, we had a th hypothesis that the Pilbara, this region of Australia, was once connected with the Capital Craton in South Africa. Both of those cratons are very, very old rocks. They're over 3 billion years old. They share a lot of geologic similarities, including the strata that's been deposited on each block. Okay, So the, the, the stratigraphy can be correlated from one side of the ocean to the other. In South Africa, as many people know, there's vast deposits of gold in conglomerates in a basin called the Witwatersrand Basin. These gold deposits have been mined since around 1886 when they were first discovered. They produced something like 35% of all the gold produced on Earth, uh, around 1.7 billion ounces. You know, it's a remarkable deposit. It's basically the, the Saudi Arabia of gold. People can think of it that way. All right, so the, the logic was if deposits like that are present in South Africa, maybe over here in the Pilbara Craton, there are similar deposits in conglomerates that, in, and of similar age that have uh, yet to be found. All right, so we, we came to Australia on that premise. We, uh, we first structured deals with a gentleman named Mark Creasy, a well-known prospector in Australia, and, and those deals were largely centered over here in the eastern part of the Pilbara region. You know, this is a vast, vast region from from one side to the other in this image. It's over uh, 600 kilometers. And from the coast up here down to, to Paribadu is something like 250 or 300 kilometers. This is a, an enormous target area. Our first exploration effort was at Beaton's Creek. We, uh, we drilled here in 2011. Drilled up a small resource to begin with, uh, but what we learned is that the conglomerate units are quite continuous, and and the gold is indeed there. It's, it's uh, coarser grain, certainly coarser grain than the Vidvatersen, but it is indeed present and uh, appears to be economic. So we 
We tackled Beaton's Creek, also a bit of exploration up here in, in what's called the Marble Bar area. But that was our focus for the main, mainly for the first five years. Since that time, we've moved over and we've acquired this vast land package over here by Carartha. This was based on a discovery uh, roughly uh, three and a, or two and a half years ago now of gold being found by prospectors in areas like Cometwell and Purdy's Reward right in here, as well as other areas around the margin of the basin, including Edgina over here and some other select locales. All right, these uh, gold occurrences, although known by the locals for many years, uh, got the the news got out. Uh, I found out about it in late, say, 2016, and uh, we quickly assembled this land package you see right here. So we, we staked a lot of ground, 100% owned in, in blue. We also did a joint venture agreement with Artemis Resources in red. We also acquired the Commonwealth well package, which is a small orange block here. Since that time, we've added some other pieces of ground, uh, particularly out here at Edgina. Dr. Haney, you've already introduced us to the project portfolio, but introduce us in particular to the value proposition we have before us. Certainly. Look, uh, these these conglomerate gold systems uh, are, are different gold deposits than most people are used to. They're, they're flat, they're sheet-like, they're continuous over large areas. We've latched on to three systems in particular that we're focused on right now. The first being Blue or Beaton's Creek, where where I talked about the, our first acquisition with Mark Creasy. Uh, in 2017, we jumped over here to Comet Well and Purdy's Reward, and we're actively exploring there now. Just last year, we assembled the land package at Edgina, and we're conducting uh, advanced exploration there now, including bulk sampling, things like that. All right, so I'm going to walk through these things and explain each project. They're all at different stages. It's really important people know what stage each project's at and what our trajectory is for each project. So at Beaton's Creek, we've now uh, undertaken a, a couple rounds of drilling over the past few years and also large-scale sampling. So this would be uh, trench sampling as well as bulk sampling. And our current resource stands at somewhere around 670,000 ounces measured in, indicated and inferred. We are looking to grow that. We are hoping to get a resource put together at Beaton's Creek north of a million ounces very shortly. Not only that, we've done a lot of work like test mining and, and other things to demonstrate the, the economics and, and continuity of this system. So we are uh, looking to advance that project towards monetization uh, over the, the coming year. This project is our most advanced. It's, um, it's certainly a robust project. Uh, what you see there at Beaton's Creek, you see conglomerate horizon some some of places it's stacked six high so we have uh, a conglomerate bed with a bit of intervening material another conglomerate bed and so forth so we we have a robust deposit easily accessible from surface uh many people know coal mines in say west virginia or the eastern u.s they're kind of uh, tabletop mines that's the kind of setting we have at Beaton's Creek. So it's a really interesting deposit from that aspect. It could be very cheap uh, production from there. Uh, the gold is coarse. It's easily recoverable. Um, gravity recovery captures a lot, uh, but you know cyanide captures the rest, so that we expect very, very good recoveries out of that deposit in particular. All right, over here at Comet Well and Purdy's Reward, this is where we went second. So we've been at, at in this area now active since around September of 2017. That's when we began our, our first exploration in earnest. 
what we've done here is uh, we've evaluated the system, first of all, because it is a very coarse gold system. This is uh, not your average gold deposit. The, the gold particles in this are often, uh, you know, tenths of a gram up to, to multi-gram, even tens of grams. So, and they're, they're uh, distributed through the conglomerate um, somewhat randomly. So you can't just walk up, grab a rock chip sample, and expect to know, you know, through fire assay what's in this rock. We've had to do some very hard yards in terms of bulk sampling and other uh, means to, to begin to evaluate the grade here. What we've shown at Combat Well and uh, the Purdy's Reward joint venture with Artemis is that the continuity uh, is appears to be good, over several kilometers through here. Uh, we've done a lot of core drilling for geology. We've stepped out into the basin. And right now we've got enough data. We've put enough to get data together between the, the core drilling uh, and the three-dimensional modeling we've done around that, as well as the, the grade data that we've got from the bulk samples to put together a mineralization report. Now this is a big step for us because these tenements, all of these tenements you see here, are currently exploration licenses. In order to, to you know, advance a project towards a mining stage, you have to convert uh, exploration licenses to mining licenses in Australia. And to do that, we need a couple of things. One, we need a mineralization report. In this case, we're not necessarily going to produce a resource, per se. We'll, we'll demonstrate uh, that we have a potentially economic body of rock here through the data that we've collected that I just mentioned. All right, so we are going to submit uh, a mineralization report within the next few weeks. The other aspect that's needed is an agreement with the, the Aboriginal community. This would be the Nalama community. Uh, they they basically cover most of this project area here. Uh, we've been in negotiations with them and, and developed a good relation with them over the past year, year and a half or so. Uh, we need to strike what's called a native title agreement. Uh, that, that gives us... Uh, uh, rights to, to go mining as well as uh, them have they have commercial rights such as royalty as part of uh, this project uh, but these are things that also have to be worked out for uh, granting of a, a mining lease all right so these are that's kind of our trajectory we anticipate taking uh, comet well and Purdy's reward through a, a development trajectory uh, probably first through trial mining uh, in fact we might do a certain level of trial mining this year uh, that, that gives us the uh, uh, more supporting data for de developing a larger scale mine. Uh, but we, uh, we're definitely moving that thing forward in a trajectory towards, uh, tr towards making a producing asset. Now, you can see that's really just a small part of a much bigger land package here. These conglomerate horizons, like I said, people have found nuggets uh, weathering out of these conglomerates over many kilometers through this region. We have a lot of greenfields work to do to explore us along strike through this region right here. Uh, we also have uh, some very interesting new ground at Edgina, which we've recently assembled. So at Edgina, what's happened is the, the conglomerates, which are located back up in this area and cap a few of the mesas through this region, they've weathered away over time. They used to cover this entire part of Australia here. But as they've weathered away and receded back this direction, They've left the gold that was in them behind across this uh, terrace, this flat country through here. If you drive across this country, it is absolutely flat as a pancake. You'd think you were in West Texas. You look either either direction, it's like a pool table. But that uh, that surface, that flat surface through there, 
has a lag gravel horizon on it. This is a gravel horizon about uh, one to two meters thick. And what we demonstrated last year when we did trial uh, bulk sampling at, uh, at Edgina in this area is it, it contains gold, and it's fairly coarse grain gold, at least at Edgina. What we found is uh, we recovered something like 108 grams uh, of gold out of 100 cubic meters of uh, bulk sample that we collected. That's, uh, that's pretty remarkable. You know, a lot of alluvial deposits are, say, less than 0.3 grams. Uh, and so the, the grades we're seeing here are enticing. Now, our hypothesis is that this terrace, this big flat area, and we have, say, about 400 kilom square kilometers of it right through here. Uh, we think that that terrace could be uh, a sizable gold project in its, in, on its own right. So it's, it's basically another very large target we have. It is earlier stage, but the nice thing about Edrina is uh, because it's soft rock, soft gravels at surface, we can advance this in a fairly orderly fashion. The other thing is some of the, these blocks in here, like this little block you see, is a mining lease. All right? we, we control that 100%. And we are able to, to get out there and do a lot of test mining and stuff like that that uh, we can't quite undertake, say, Comet Well at the moment. So Edgina is definitely going to be a focus for us this year. We're going to tackle that terrace gravel, uh, see what, what kind of economics that might have uh, and size potential that might have. So we're going to do sampling not only in the mining lease, but hopefully in some more disparate areas out here, so in a more uh, uh, extensive areas to show the, the hypothesis that this region could hold a vast gold deposit could be true, right? So that's our goal this year. Dr. Henney, allow me to interject here. This land package you have here, it looks quite massive. How many square kilometers are we looking at here? Yeah, it's just around 12,000 square kilometers at present. And in the bottom left-hand corner here, we have the legend, and that shows the relationships you have with your joint venture partners. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. We've got 100% uh, on ground. Uh, Pioneer Commonwealth is a, a joint venture with some prospectors that's up here right in this area and an Artemis joint venture which is a 50-50 joint venture in red. Let me ask you this sir, I know Nova Resources has undergone a tedious and methodical process in attempting to figure out grade and tonnage. In the spring of 2018 the company released the first bulk sample results from Commonwealth. How have those been coming along? Yeah, the, the bulk samples uh, from Commonwealth, the ones that we released back in May were the first two that we got done. It was a, a, a big exercise, as most people know, to get these samples uh, through the lab. It required several renditions of crushing and experimenting and, and assaying different streams. And, uh, you know, it, it took – we also were battling a bit of wet weather down in Perth last year. But it took uh, a long time, but we did get uh, a pretty comprehensive set of assays out in late October last year that demonstrate – uh, the grade uh, of of these conglomerate horizons. So what we've identified are two conglomerate horizons at Commonwealth and Purdy's Ward in this area. The lower one of which is, say, two or three meters thick. The grades uh, range from about a gram to six grams in that range, in that lowermost unit, and it sits right on the basement. So it's, it's basically the lowermost uh, bed of rock in this bigger sequence. Above that, about... 12 to 15 meters, is a second horizon. We call it the upper cannonball conglomerate. The upper cannonball conglomerate is about 1 to 2 meters thick. And again, the grades in, in that bed are uh, on the range of uh, 1 to 3 or 4 grams, somewhere in that range. So 
uh, again, it's a it, and it's very continuous along a strike. We can see co- good continuity from one trench to the other uh, over several kilometers. I think about three and a half or four kilometers right now, um, and we we feel very compelled that it's demonstrating this uh, similar continuity to the beds we see at Beaton's Creek. I guess the best way I could couch this is this: at Beaton's Creek. Uh, we had several challenges going back in time. Anybody that's been with us for a while, they know that we had to develop sampling protocols to deal with the coarse gold, uh, assay protocols that were unusual. It took some time to develop this. But now we we have this project advance. It's, it's basically getting close to being ready to mine. All right, Carruthers and, and uh, you know this area, this Comet Well Purdy's Reward area, is is going along the same trajectory. We've had to cut our teeth with different uh, styles of, of bulk sampling and assaying, but we've now got things under control. And we're also experimenting now with things like, uh, you know, kind of unconventional techniques of recovering the gold. We've done test work with uh, Tamra, for uh, example. This was starting in late last year in November. And the results that came out are, are fantastic. You know, we, we, we think there is potential to crush up the conglomerate, you know, mine and crush up this material, uh, and then put it through, screen it, of course, but put it through an ore sorting machine and actually let the ore sorter pick rock with the gold particles. You know, the downside of gold, of course, gold is assaying it is a bear. It's a real challenge. But the upside is that the metallurgy might uh, be very, very favorable for us. So, So we're very excited about that ore sorting possibility. Dr. Henney, the following may be a pretty bit mature to address at the moment, but the two most frequent questions I receive from prospective shareholders are, is this a placer deposit, and how do you intend to extract the gold? What do you have to say to those two questions? Sure. The first first question is uh, a very good one. I came to this region on the basis that there might be deposits like those in South Africa. Now, uh, let me give a little background there. In South Africa, there's really two types of ore. There's a conglomeratic ore, and in that, the gold occurs as particles distributed in the matrix of the conglomerate. In effect, those are alluvial deposits in the Witwatersrand Basin. There is also what they call carbon leader ore. Carbon leader ore is a very, very thin seam of carbon, almost like coal. And I've written several papers on this with other authors. We believe that uh, that seam of carbon is basically the fossil remains of early, early cyanobacterial mats that formed or evolved in a time when Earth's atmosphere was largely reduced, all right? So the idea is the seawater back at that time under reduced conditions would have been able to dissolve a fair bit of gold. Uh, Gold dissolves in reduced, you know, atmospheric conditions. All right, so... Here comes this cyanobacteria. It's starting to kick off oxygen. It was the first photosynthetic life. What we believe is that that oxygen, which causes gold to precipitate, actually pulled or started pulling the gold out of seawater and created that uh, that little carbon seam type ore that is very, very rich in gold. It's a very, very unusual uh, style of gold mineralization, but it's a, th- a thin, very continuous, covers many, many square kilometers uh, seam of, of carbonaceous gold ore. Now, I came here looking for similar carbonaceous ores. What have we found? Well, at Beaton's Creek, uh, in fact, we've talked about this in the past, we've actually found particles, pieces of carbonaceous material in the conglomerates over here. So to answer your question, 
at Beaton's Creek, we see two types of gold. We see bonafide alluvial gold. These would be loose, you know, somewhat rounded particles in the matrix of the conglomerate. But we also see a component of carbonaceous material at Beaton's Creek that tells us that that same process that you see in the Vit Watershed was active over in this area. That was where we first started working. Now let's jump over here to Comet Well and Purdy's Reward. What we see in the conglomerates here are large, uh, rounded, they appear to be water-worn nuggets of gold. The origin of that gold, we still haven't put our finger on it, but it's possible that that gold has been recycled from weathering of previously existing conglomerates or carbonaceous beds that no longer exist. In other words, yes, in their present form, it's alluvial gold, but its ultimate origin is, is still in question. The other thing we have over here is we have uh, gold that appears to have grown in the matrix around the nuggets. This is what we call halo gold. It's a uh, thin halo about two or three millimeters wide around the, the gold nuggets, the coarse nuggets. And we, we believe that gold is actually a precipitated type gold, probably in response to biogenic activity. So, so once again, I would say it's an admixture of two types of gold that have um, brought the this, this system together, all right? We have alluvial particles, for sure. We have secondary gold that appears to be perhaps biogenic in nature. All right, and the second question, sir, just as a reminder, is how do you intend to extract the gold? Well, that's what I was talking about earlier. Look, the, the coarse gold is a problem from the sense of assaying, but in terms of recovery, it is quite favorable. Gold is dense, all right? So one of the easiest ways to treat coarse gold is of course gravity recovery and that's certainly a possibility but one of the things we wanted to look at was uh, we'll call it a somewhat portable style of, of processing i.e. using these ore sorting machines these ore sorting devices uh, are, are they're skid mounted or they're, they're mounted on a transportable platform they they can be moved from one location to the other now why is that important well this is a flat deposit so if you have something that's that's long you know rather than trucking ore from one place to another over kilometers why not mine you know process right on the spot and then move as you as you pro, uh, mine the material right so we looked at tamra ore sorters starting late last year uh, we tried ore sorting uh, early in in 2017 and mixed results with the Steiner. First looked like it worked great. Second rendition didn't work so well. When we went to Tamra, they they showed us some reasons why they thought they could improve things dramatically. And just recently, we published the final data from that. In fact, the two samples that um, were were good coherent uh, conglomerate material that we put through saw recoveries over eighty percent just by sorting. This is uh, using a scanner device, x-ray transmission and a scanner device that literally picks out particles of rock off a conveyor belt that have gold in, embedded in them. All right, so the, it's just remarkable. I mean, think about it. You could take basically gravel, put it on a conveyor belt, send it across this machine, and flip, 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 it picks out the little particles of rock with gold. You end up with a, a concentrate that's a very, very small fraction of the overall mass you put in that machine and the thing has most of the gold in it. There's a few uh, additional steps we've got to take, take to test this. You know, what do we do with the finds? Well, we got to, I think we could agglomerate them and then put them through the ore sorter as they are. In other words, you know, turn them back into little pellets or something, let the ore sorter uh, pick them out. Or the other thing we could do is just put the uh, finds through a gravity circuit on their own. All right, so these are things we're looking at, but 
But basically, we are looking at, we'll call it unconventional means of processing for this very unconventional deposit. Forward, what are the company's goals and objectives for 2019? Yes, we're, I'm going to talk about these for each project, all right? So we got Beaton's Creek, which I talked about as being the most advanced project. We have uh, a resource remodel go under, underway right now. This is uh, work that's ongoing. We're expecting some bulk samples back from, from the project. These are ones we collected late last year. Once we have all that data in the next couple of weeks, for a few weeks, say, by the end of this quarter, we anticipate publishing a new updated resource for Beaton's Creek. Uh, we are targeting over a million ounces. We'll see if we can get there. I'm pretty, I feel pretty confident. Uh, it, it should be a robust deposit. puts the, the project in a, a good path for uh, monetization. So then we're going to you know, take the next steps of looking at how we, we potentially develop that, at, that project. Second project, Comet Well and Purdy's Reward. Uh, we anticipate doing a, a level of trial mining this year. We are uh, continuing to do look at some of the test work around the Tomra, for example, as a means of processing at, at Comet Well. I think uh, once we get a full evaluation, we do have a bit more data we got to get back on that. But once we have a full evaluation of that processing, we'll we'll look at that trajectory but we bear in mind we also are shooting for that mineralization report and and working on native title agreements so that we can convert a lot of that country into mining leases right so that's the trajectory for Commonwealth well and Purdy's reward and then Edgina, once the rainy season is over here in a few weeks we anticipate getting out there and and hitting the the mining lease very hard this is the mining lease where we took our bulk sample last year we anticipate putting together, as a, on a test basis, uh, say a grid of samples across a, a target area, where we can see if we can put together a resource on the uh, the terrace gravels. Uh, we also anticipate, because it's a mining lease and we have permit to uh, go up to 50,000 50, tons extractable, we also anticipate doing some, uh, you know, say small scale test mining things like that to help build our confidence around that project. The other aspect to Edgina, very important, we anticipate taking some samples uh, further afield. So going out in some, some more distant areas and trying to get uh, an idea of how extensive that deposit is. Because if, if we prove that that deposit covers a, a vast area, you know, many tens of square kilometers in that country, I think uh, people will sit up and take note. I think that's that's really the, a big add to uh, to the story we have in the Pilbara right now. Near term, what is the next unanswered question? When should we expect results? And what determines success? Okay, look, uh, you know, per each project, uh, the the factors that determine success are a bit different. Okay, but but we have data coming back from bulk samples from Beaton's Creek uh, that will help sustain, uh, support uh, a new resource model. Again, that's going to be over the next few weeks. We anticipate getting that resource put together by the end of this quarter. If we see a resource above a million ounces, I think we now have critical mass that, that allows us to look at that project a bit differently and more aggressively in terms of advancing it. As far as Comet Well goes, I think right now we feel comfortable with uh, the, the grades and the continuities we're seeing. I think we have a, a fairly decent understanding of what this deposit is. What we really need to do there is to go test test mine it on a, a scale, maybe on a scale of a few th tens of thousands of tons, 
and from multiple locations along the strike of the conglomerate. That, and we have to do some ore sorting uh, tests to, to see if we can use that as a means of processing. Right? So those are the two factors. If, if we can successfully process this material using ore sorter, and you know that includes capturing the gold that's in the fine material and so forth, I think we have an exceptional means of treating the, this unusual mineralization. Right? So that and test mining at uh, Comet Well are, are absolutely critical path for us. At Edgenham, um, because it's free dig, because this gravel at surface is free dig, we have the luxury, and, and because we have a mining lease too, we have the luxury of going out there and being pretty aggressive with this. All right, so we can go out and, and start digging some 100 cubic meter samples like we did late in 2018. And we, we can advance that project quickly. Uh, basically, it's, it's almost like doing an exploration program in parallel with, uh, you know, with test mining and, and test processing and stuff like that. So I really think, uh, even though the, the, the metrics are um, not fully defined yet, I think Edgina is one where it's, it's an easier project that can be advanced much more quickly, and that, therefore it's going to become more and more important to the company. Sir, what do you see as the biggest challenge for Nova Resources, and how would you mitigate that situation? You know, I, this, is a, this is a good question. Um, Australia is a very good place to work. Uh, I've talked to many people. You know, look at the Western Australia in general. Look, every single project that's been, been put up to, uh, you know, for permitting and, and advancement has become a mine. Okay, there's very, there's very, virtually no examples where, you know, a deposit wasn't mine. All right, but it takes time. That's that's our determining factor. Um, we have to do things like permit. We have to get mining leases from expiration license. You know, like we have to do the proper steps. We have to work with social license. We can't we can't just go in pell mell and and start mining. I think a lot of people, you know, they look at our projects and they're very exciting. And they're, it's just it's easy to see that these things could be developed. You know, you could literally go out and start mining some tomorrow if you if you had that luxury. But we have to do things right here. You know, we have to do things right both in terms of permitting, social license, and, and all of those aspects. But we also have to do the right technical work to make sure we take the right steps. We don't want to go and fall on our sword. I guess my my comment to that question would be, time and our uh, you know patience is what we need. Switching gears, sir, can you please share with us the current capital structure for Novo Resources? Sure thing. We have a, a little over 163 million shares out. Uh, we have a few options and warrants out there bring us to 204 million shares. Uh, right now, we have a little less cash than. than you show on the screen here we're uh, around 45 million at the end of the year uh, we we have a good treasury which is great because these projects like I just said need time and patience to advance uh, what we really are appreciative of is the shareholder base we got uh, good shareholders we have Kirkland Lake we have Newmont Mining Mark Creasy who I mentioned earlier we have a lot, lot of long-term shareholders who really understand the geology and they understand the, the steps that we need to take to get the, these projects through to fruition. And at the recording of today's interview right now, the share price is at $2.32. Sir, for U.S. investors, what can you share with us regarding DTC eligibility? Yeah, we, uh, we, we filed DTC eligibility, I think, in October or somewhere. 
uh, sometime around then last year. Uh, what it means for U.S. citizens is, you know, it, it enables uh, shares to be traded electronically. It's an easier way to facilitate electronic trading, basically. And, and it makes it easier for U.S. shareholders to, uh, to put those share certificates into a brokerage account and so forth and trade them. So uh, we, we did that for the benefit of our shareholders. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't heard any complaints since. Last question. What did I forget to ask? You know, uh, what does Noble want to become, right? Uh, people who really know us know this story. They know we want to become a, a gold producer. Novo has, has tackled a, a very unusual solid mineralization, but we want to prove that these deposits are going to make good economic mines. And we have three very promising projects, each of which has huge potential, all right? Beaton's Creek, Carartha, uh, as well as Edina all have extremely good potential to be very large and, and hopefully very high margin deposits. I think if, uh, if I had one comment to say that's the path we're going to uh, take, Novo would like to become uh, an established Western Australian gold producer. Dr. Henney, for someone listening that wants to get more information on Novo Resources, please share the contact details. Sure thing. Look, uh, Leo Carabellis, uh, his telephone number, 416-543-3120. He's located in Toronto. He is in charge of IR. Uh, his email is leo, L-E-O, at novoresources.com. And as a reminder, Nova Resources trades on the TSXV symbol NVO and on the OTCQX symbol NSR. P.F. Nova Resources is a sponsor of Proven and Probable, and we are proud shareholders of Nova Resources for the virtues conveyed in today's message. And last but not least, please visit our website, provenandprobable.com, where we gain insights and bullion sales. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Dr. Quentin Henney of Nova Resources, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you, Maurice. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor. Least, please visit our website, provenandprobable.com, where we offer mining insights and bullion sales. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com.